Cody, I, you know, hey, look, Golden, I was going back uh, last week at the end of the show, and I just listened to it before we recorded, and I said, don't be surprised, everybody, if this team <laughs> finds a way at rock bottom to surprise you all. Welcome back to another episode of One of These Years, everyone. I am Nick Bowner, along with Colton Pouncey and Colton the Lions. Uh, did just that. I, I guess that is a surprise, right? Officially a surprise being the Packers' uh, 15-9 final score, or 16-9? Yeah. effort there. <laughs> and probably, hey, look, it, probably the most entertaining 15-9 game I think I've ever watched, to be quite I'd honest. So. Pretty good game, uh, an entertaining game, if nothing else, and hey, look, it, uh, an impressive, fun Lions win, Colton. I think that that was surprising, and it was something that um, a lot of people rightly... We're very proud of afterward. Yeah, I think so. I mean, anytime the Lions win, you could tell like they're all feeling it in the locker room. Like, right? It's, it's, it's always a scene. <laughs> it's always a scene. Like Aaron Glenn, they showed the video of him going to the locker room. Turn that music up. You know, like they had the big That's right. Yeah, celebration for him getting the game ball and everything. Like they're always just in a better mood. Jerry's in there talking to shit. Like that was right. that was a fun scene. Oh my god! Jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they can do that because the wins are kind of so few and far between. But like, sure, you, you sure. can tell they definitely. Uh, you know, cherish each one, and um, you know that was that was a fun one. I'm sure they liked the feeling of beating a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. You know, uh, yeah, th- that team's on the real. Like they've lost like what five in a row now. That's kind of it's been rough. Yes, a Rodgers team. <laughs> so, but I'm I think sure, that the, yeah, 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 yeah. Just winning that one, you know, after the week they had was was really important, and I think right. uh, that's why they cherish it probably more so than anything else. Yeah, and I think it's after the week they had, after sort of the year they've had, which has been disjointed, as we know. Um, you know, people would say, and I think we've said it, that it's they, they're not playing at their best or they've been disappointing to start the season, which I think is all fair. And uh, the, the reason why, I guess, has been that, you know, one side hasn't had it and the other one has. Or, you know, it's been, it hasn't really been many days here where it's been everybody sucks. You know, like both sides are a disaster, offense, defense. But also, like, this, this was one of those... You know, where it was like, I, I don't think we could say the offense was bad because of the situation they were kind of playing in, right, with injuries and things, and they just made the trade with TJ. Um, but really, for the first time, probably in the Dan Campbell era, because um, there was a couple times last year where it was just this close, just this close. This is the first time I thought the defense just went out and did it and just said, we're going to go win the game. You know what? You guys don't have your fastball today. We're going to go do it. We're just going to figure it out. We're going to get off the field. Campbell said it after. Made one more play. And it was like, it was ugly. It was whatever. But like, that's how you win physical football the way the Lions want to play football. I don't want to get like dramatic, Colton, but like for a lot of those guys, it was important for them to see that, I think. And I think that Campbell and Aaron Glenn uh, knew that immediately, right? That was the vibe I got right away. That They were like, these guys needed to see that this actually works. Right, like that's what that's what it felt like to me afterward. One hundred percent. I mean, you listen to those guys in the locker room, and they they took it personally, like the way that they've played, letting the offense down. Yep. This offense has some pieces, but at the same time, like man, they were pretty short-handed. You know, yep. TJ's gone. Uh, you know, Chark is still on IR. Josh Reynolds Swift banged up with with that injury now. Uh, DeAndre Swift is like very much limited in what he can do on the field right now. So. Like you look at the receivers out there, it's Tom Kennedy, it's it's Khalif Raymond. You got the start. <laughs> it's St. Brown. Like they don't have a receiver over six foot right now. Like no. it's, it's tough. So they they had the offense definitely had to kind of scrape by, but to see the defense kind of step up the way they did was really important. And you know, I think that kind of started earlier in the week. You know, talking to some guys in the locker room, they had this sort of players only meeting. I think it there were some conflicting reports on like which day it happened. Like Jerry Jacobs was saying it was on Thursday, but I, I talked to Isaiah Bugs and Ali McNeil, and they told me it was Monday. 
Yeah, and I would trust those I guys. I trust some because they're the ones that actually like were <laughs> right. kind of behind it. So <laughs> right. uh, they said it was Monday, kind of after they heard the news about Aubrey, uh, right? Aubrey Pleasant's yeah. firing, right. and they just came together and they said they kind of aired out some dirty laundry and just kind of like were real with each other. And mm-hmm. I think you could sense that that was kind of building up some frustration over the last like five or so games. And um, a lot of it has to do with the way they played. Like they weren't on the same page a lot of times. They were mis- right. they weren't executing the way they wanted to. That's part of the reason why. It was those miscommunication errors. So that's part of the reason why probably Aubrey is no longer around. Yeah. Um, so they kind of came together and said, "We got to get on the same page here, guys. Like, let's let's whoever has something to say, step up and say it." And I think that yeah. kind of period for them was very important. They said this was kind of the best week of practice they've had since that week two win um, with the Commanders game. So right. I, I think that I don't think that's a coincidence that they came out. And no, well. no. So, yeah. You know, it, this is a weird game and a weird league, and sometimes it's not 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 sometimes as we saw with the Jeff Saturday situation. We'll call it a situation. A lot of the times, it's not fair. It doesn't make any <laughs> damn sense, and yeah. it's just random. Uh, and sometimes decisions get made that look like they're really callous and kind of are because people's lives and livelihoods are at stake. But I looked at that all week, and I tried to splice it up every which way, and I looked at how those guys reacted, the pleasant firing. And all I can think at the end of the day is Aaron Glenn and Dan Campbell were like, we have got to find a way to get to these guys and get them to be more urgent or something. I don't know what else, because Colton Wright, like, that's got to be what it was. Campbell said it uh, the other day, or after the game, I think Aubrey's going to be a head coach in the NFL. You did not hear that! from guys that just fired somebody like and he's yeah. not he's not a guy that lies or anything else and you, we know how Aaron Glenn thinks uh, about him and everything else so it's like this is a situation where they were gambling taking a risk it felt like because it was like look we we got to change something obviously this isn't working obviously you guys have to take more ownership whatever it is and I think that that's maybe what we saw and, and, and maybe that was the plan maybe it wasn't the plan I don't know but that was what the result Clearly was as you we you know you were in the room I was in the room and you can see the defensive backs and how they I don't know like it, it's it's not like this changed overnight but it's been like this in spots with all of them where they have the maturity in there it's like they have that ability to walk like that and, and play with confidence it just doesn't always come out well when you take away that like safety net now you don't have a choice now Aubrey's not there now it's on you well maybe that's what maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Do you ever read anything more on that? Because I, I tried to splice it. I feel like that's what it is. I, I do think that you can kind of point to some of those things um, as a reason for why they played this way. Uh, just mm-hmm. kind of the, the sense of urgency, that level yeah. that was raised in the locker room. You could definitely feel it. Um, especially some of those guys that, like, Jerry was out there tweeting about uh, Pleasant. It's a big deal to him. And, yep. Yeah, like some of those guys like like Kirby and Chase Lucas, like those guys are, you know, with him all the time. They, they kind yep. of learn from him and I think they felt bad and they felt responsible. So what's the best way to move forward? You go out there and you play your ass off. And I think a lot of those guys did. And um, that was good to see after, after a week like that, um, the TJ trade, Pleasant's firing, like you always mm-hmm. wondered how they were going to respond. And I think this game could have gone one in two ways. It could have been yes, the get, the right, get right game for Green Bay where Rodgers goes out and throws <laughs> yeah. 300 touchdowns and or 300 yards, three, three maybe touchdowns. Maybe 300 touchdowns. Yes, maybe right. 300 too. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for them to have the game that they, they did picking. Yeah, we've all seen that game. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was that was that was huge for them. It was, um, you know, and and not just the fact that it happened, and not just the fact that it was Aaron Rodgers and all this. Um, and but this is what I want to break down here today, Colton. You wrote about. You just mentioned Kirby Joseph. You wrote uh, some film stuff today and highlighted Kirby and uh, Derek Barnes. 
And really, I think that the defensive effort, you can break it down to a lot of different guys that, that made plays in this game. But those two, Kirby obviously with the two big ones. But when Malcolm gets hurt early in the game, and Anzalone played better later in the game but wasn't playing well early, I, you and I were talking because I went, to, I was at the game, and I, I was just like, well, I don't know what the hell they're going to do here. they got to spend money at linebacker because Barnes, to me, Barnes had become like almost like he's not an answer. He's not playable. It's not somebody that I'd even st- – I'd stop thinking about him <laughs> almost in like – well, it's not going to be him that comes in and saves you. It would have to be Board or uh, Pittman or somebody else. Uh, and then, sure enough, like within five minutes, he'd made a play, made a play down by the goal line. I think he made two, actually, on that first one before the ball hit his helmet. And you're like, okay, well, this looks different. And it was the whole game. It was like we saw from Okuda the other day, where you're like, that was the best game Okuda's played in his career. This was the best game Derek Barnes has played in his career. And to have those two things happen in a couple weeks like this. That's pretty cool. Uh, what did you see when you went back and looked? We'll start with Derek before we get into Kirby because, you know, this has been a long time coming, but this was finally looked like a confident linebacker out there. Yeah, I think Campbell agreed with you. I think he also said that was uh, Barnes' best games to yeah. with the team. And Absolutely. It's hard to argue the way that he played, like to kind of step in there. We didn't think he was going to play that much in that game, but Malcolm goes down a little bit early and right. he's kind of needed. When they turn to him, they're like, all right, man, get in there, do your thing. Let's, we got we to gotta get, get something out of you here. We need you. And he really tightened up in the red zone. Um, made a lot of like, I think it was a second touchdown, red, second red zone possession when Aiden got that pick. Uh, he yeah. had two stops there, one on first down, one on third down. That's Always what I was right thinking place. of, actually, I think, yeah. Yeah, very, very decisive, like did not hesitate out there, wasn't overthinking. He, mm-hmm. he was just watching the running back, watching Dylan and, and going and attacking. And we haven't always seen that with him. He's kind of like in his own head sometimes, I think. Yes, um, very much so. Like his first couple years. And, and some of that's, you know, it's, it's understandable. Natural. Like he's still learning how to – you know, use like we know he's an athletic linebacker, but I think the mental side of the game and stuff is still coming to him. He's only, a, you know, a year and a half into his career. He was kind of viewed as a project, right, coming out of yeah. the draft. So it, it's tough because there are times where you're watching him, and you're just like, this guy can't be on the field, like you said. No, you can't but, trust him. Yeah, but at the same time, maybe I don't know. Maybe we just he needs a little bit more patience, and you know, the, I think that was a step in the right direction. Um, just absolutely to, for him to go out there play the way he did. He had that sack too, where he kind of. He blew up the center and the running back yep. in the same play, kind of got around the corner and and sacked Rodgers. And I think if you can get some of those plays out of him, it doesn't need to be the course of a full game. That'd be nice. But when he's on the field, like he's got to make the most of his his snaps out there. And he hasn't always done that, but he really stepped in when they needed him and, and performed well, I thought. And this is why we're, we're in the same spot that all the fans are when we go into these games, because it's the same. We have the same reaction as everybody else. Like we haven't been at practice. We don't know what kind of reaction Derek Barnes has had, because clearly he was challenged. Absolutely he was challenged, because he wasn't playing well, and his snaps had gone down, and we'd all seen that. And so, you know, it it could be a case, same kind of thing. Maybe the whole group was challenged, and it was like, look, man, we're throwing you into the deep end. This is the Packers. This is going to be embarrassing for you if it goes bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, when you throw guys into those situations, and to see them react the way he did, man, that is really cool, because I think that's going to be such a great building block for him because I think you saw the change in how they were able to defend a team like Green Bay. This is going to be harder, and we'll talk about this later with fields and stuff, but like Rodgers burned them a couple times early in this game with the lack of the spy stuff, especially after Malcolm goes out. When when Malcolm's not in the game and Anzalone has to spy the quarterback, man, like Rodgers is 40 years old, and God love Anzalone. He's not worried about Anzalone for five seconds in any kind of, you know what I mean? But when Barnes suddenly, as the game goes on, is is, being, is the spy you saw, he blew up 
the back on the one where he just green drug right through him, right through his chest, goes through yep. the center two and gets a sack. You saw as the game goes on, some of those Rodgers dangs where he dances around, he's so good back there. He did it, it, it they got shorter because he knew Barnes was on the field and he's like, well, shit, I got to get rid of this ball because I'm going to get ear holed by 55 because he's not, he's in for it today. And like that to me was a huge difference in this game where they were able to get the ball out of Rodgers' hand like a half click faster than they normally would where he's either able to hold it just a little bit longer to where a tight end comes open or he just takes off. And so many times that's how the Lions get beat and it's because you don't have that linebacker either who can hold your quarterback accountable right there in the spy spot or you don't have the guy who can go drop and cover. They've struggled with both, frankly, and in this game especially I thought they had a really good answer finally for a mobile-ish quarterback and I think that's what Derek can mobile-ish we'll call him that I think that's what Derek can be I think that in time I think that's what they hope he can be but you can see now him and Rodriguez if they both take off and they both start to grow holy shit man that could Uh be really good (laughs) Uh right yeah that's what you're looking for am I wrong or is that like that's that's what you're looking for and I think if you get those guys to push each other Malcolm's hurt uh, but still, I think that's what you're looking for. Yeah, Malcolm's, I think Campbell said he's day-to-day, so I yeah. think they're going to try to take it easy with him this week in practice. But, I mean, if, if, if Barnes is playing the way that he's playing, that yeah, kind of alleviates some of those concerns. Like, you obviously want Malcolm out there too, but that's nice to have him playing the way he's playing. He's got to keep it up. The consistency is key with mm-hmm. him. But if you all of a sudden have these two guys playing well together at the same time, then – that makes your future a lot easier. Yeah, it you does. might not have to spend some draft capital on a linebacker early. Um, maybe you still may, might want to add someone in free agency, but uh, we'll see. He's got a chance here the second half of he the does. season to kind of prove himself and, and kind of cement himself as part of this building block core. Because when we're talking about these young players, Barnes has not been part of that conversation just because no. hasn't been on the field, hasn't proven himself, got passed up by a rookie, right? So the fact that he had a game like that, if he can string a couple of these together, all of a sudden you can talk about him in, in that core, I think. So. He's got a chance. He's got to. He's got to do more. But yeah, that was that was a great first start. I thought. I think you nailed that. He has a chance because we can't say that he's arrived. You know, because I don't think you can no, no. ink him in yet. There, right? Like I think we're closer to saying Malcolm's a guy that you can. Well, we know what he can do. It's been there for nine weeks. Okay, if we see if we see that for nine weeks from Barnes, then I I think I'd be with you. Where it's like, yeah, maybe they don't need to uh, invest as much in the offseason at linebacker. Maybe you can let those guys kind of grow now and say next year. We're gonna put more on your plate and just you're the you're the guys. But you know, yeah, going into I mean, that's how quick this stuff changes sometimes with these young teams, because going into Sunday, you know, you're like, we haven't seen it. It's like we have not seen one game where he's played like that. Well, now we've seen one, and we need to see like five or six more. <laughs> and I'm getting the sense that it's been like the coaches have kind of seen this coming. I think they talked about it in a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's like that's what know, I'm saying. He's, yeah. He's piecing together a little bit, but mm-hmm. that was the first game where he went out there and kind of Maybe match whatever he was showing in practice. Yeah. I think so. Again, if that was if that was the case where they've seen it, it's just go out there and do it. Like you, you're doing right. it in practice, just continue that. Then you string some of those games together. Then you can have that conversation. But I agree, it's probably a little too early. You don't want to react after one game. But right. you know, I thought that was good <laughs> well, to see for sure. That's a great development. Another guy who had been stringing it together, um, and we'd seen it. And I think we've all seen this as Kirby Joseph. Um, Campbell talked about how you've been really close on the field in some of these games, and you know people had seen that. You know, a couple of those plays he just missed. Obviously, they've been getting more comfortable with him um, and trusting him more and more, and they didn't really have a choice with the injuries and everything else. 
But really, you know, if you look back to July even, or August, whatever, when camp starts, it's like one of the first days they put pads on. And I always look at that, like, which rookies are going to be the ones that aren't afraid? And he was like the, one of the first ones that you're just like, yep, he's fine. He's going to be fine. I don't know how fast. I don't know how quick he'll adjust, but he will be fine because he's not afraid to hang in this league. And I think that, like, with all of the other stuff that he has, the length and the speed and everything else, and and this is why I think people are super excited about him. The main number one thing on the list is he's not afraid of shit. <laughs> like, he is a fearless football player. And I think that's what we saw first and foremost on Sunday, especially afterward. His uh, comments were pretty good, too, <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kirby's that dude, man. Like, yeah. they, I don't know if they knew that that side of him was going to translate. Like, just his personality, the confidence, all that stuff. They, mm-hmm. I'm sure they saw that in the draft. Probably process, a hope, but. yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, the way that he's kind of come on here late is just, like, again, another great development for this team. And you kind of saw it, like, in training camp. Like, we saw him make these plays, and mm-hmm. we're just like, give him give him some snaps here. Give him, give him some time to kind of yeah, get going. Absolutely. And, like, you might have something here. I know in the preseason, people kind of overreact to that. Like, they're like, oh, he's not playing well. He's out there all the time. He's not really making an impact. Right. I think he was just trying to get his feet under him. Like He was he playing a couple different like, spots, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. they were kind of, I don't want to say overwhelming him, but I think it was just a lot for him. Those well, sure. Games. Yeah. He, was, he probably played the most snaps on the team, if I he did. recall he did. correctly. Um, so they just threw him out there in the fire, and he was, you know, has ups and downs. But I think I always thought that experience was going to be good for him, was going to help him in the regular season whenever he got his chance. Now, that chance mm-hmm. came earlier than expected because of Tracy Walker's injury. But um, for him to get his first start in that Seahawks game and kind of go from there and grow, Campbell said today that he's gotten better each, each and every week, just a little bit better. Yeah. They saw in the Cowboys game, he had the dropped interception. Um, apparently, they were like, it's only a matter of time. Like, that's coming. Like, that, yeah. make these plays in, in practice. That's another one of those scenarios where, like, they're seeing it. It's just got to translate to the field. And, you know, he's making some of these plays. He's forcing the fumbles. But the ball skills, you know, the the interceptions, they said – I think Aaron Glenn said it last last Friday, I think, that uh, those can come in bunches. Like, Oh yeah, you get, you get one, you get two. All of a sudden, you know, a playmaker like that, that has those, those instincts. They can come in bunches, and we saw it. Your confidence very, goes very way nice up. Game. Yeah, right. It goes way up. He's, you know, the first one was kind of a fluke with you know bounced off the helmet and everything, but Rogers also forced that one. So yeah, like, but kind of right? was a little dangerous throw from him, and, and it happened, and it bounced up, and he went up and got it too. That's that's the thing. He jumped mm-hmm. up for that. Be, he fought off Jeff for it, which is <laughs> well. I mean, hey, he got right. it. Yeah, <laughs> he did. He did. Um, but then he, the second one, he read that perfectly. Um, yeah, it was really the good. Rogers pass deep over the middle. He looked like a receiver catching that one, uh, extending mm-hmm. his arms and kind of get in front of it. And so they, they've seen these skills all along. It's one of the reasons why they drafted him. He's a little bit raw, but the fact that he's come on so quickly in a hurry, man, like it, it's yes. hard not to think that they have a piece here. I like him a lot. And I think everybody does. And I think it's, I think a lot of people who've studied him was just kind of like it was a matter of time. You know, Deontay Lee talked about him some uh, in the spring. He tweeted about it again over the weekend. He was one of his favorites that were kind of, that was kind of like an underrated guy because, and you know, Chris and I saw similar stuff in that Kirby is a guy when you watched him in Illinois. You know, in college, it was Illinois, right? That's where he was. Some, yep. I don't yep. want to make that up. I'm pretty sure it was <laughs> Illinois. I was like, but when you watch him in college, he was a guy who could play like in college three positions. He could play either safety and we'll just say corner. You know, like he could line up outside, he could line up inside. Like there was a lot he could do. Um and it was still but it was like they didn't really ask if he was similar when he was in college. It was like there was a lot he can do 
They don't ask him to do all of it yet, but you're you're just like it could be there. And so you watch him kind of grow, and I still think he could get stronger and you know develop and all that. But the potential to be a guy who, you know, he's a deep safety for them right now. But I think he could be a guy who moves around some. I think he could be a guy who helps you in the box a little bit. He's such a good, you know, instinctive playmaker in space with the tackling and everything. I mean, how many times have we seen him come up on those, you know, on those inside routes where he just comes up and blows it up? I mean, he's been that type of, you know, I think Walker's a really good center fielder. Um, but, and I think Kirby can do that. But I think he could also be a guy that you could do a lot of stuff with. And... I agree with you. It's hard to it's hard not to see. Um, it's like Malcolm. That's what it feels like, right? It feels a little bit like that, where you're like, we've seen too much. We've seen too many good things from him to go against your instinct to think that he's not a good player. And I think that that's where I'm at with him. I mean, I, I know you wrote deeper on that, but I think I would agree with you on that. Yeah, I actually meant to ask you, um, like, how do you see when when Tracy's back and healthy? How do you see yeah. these two kind of fitting together? That's a really good question. Like uh, beforehand, it was kind of. You know, I was wondering, you know, do you have Walker is your deep safety and maybe you need another guy who's your box safety, right? And I still think that's probably what it is. But the more I, the more you go forward here, and if Kirby keeps playing really well, uh, and he, you know, he's hurt right now, obviously he had the concussion. Hopefully he can bounce back from that quickly here. Um, but if he plays really well for the rest of the season, then yeah, you're looking at like, well, he's whatever he does best, he's the guy and Tracy will work around him. And I think that yeah. that's kind of because Tracy has played both, he's played in the box. Patricia tried to use him in the box uh, way more than he wanted to. Uh, Glenn has done it some, um, and he's been, I think he's fine with it as long as he's not asked to do it all the time. Um, But I think what you have there is you have the potential to have two guys who can do both. You have interchangeable. And I think that like that ultimately when, you know, Chris and I sat down with AG back in like uh, right after they got the job and we did that film thing with him, that was the main thing he talked about. So he talked about the safeties the whole time, but pretty much it was just like, that. I have to have two guys that I can trust. And really I would like it if, you know, in an ideal world, you'd like both guys to be able to do both jobs in all roles. And originally I'd kind of wondered, maybe that's what they thought with Iffy. Maybe that's what they thought Iffy was going to be able to do. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know what Iffy's going to be able to do because he's hurt. But right now yeah. Kirby's out there and kind of doing it. And we know that Tracy's a guy you can depend on. So, uh, the, the better Kirby plays, the better that position feels. And the less likely, I would say, that, uh, hey, take that money maybe you would have spent on safety and spend it at a corner again, right? Or something like That's kind of where I'm at with it. That's how I'm thinking about it today. But it's, again, it's so hard because, like you said with uh, Barnes, it's like we have it's only been like three games with Kirby where it's been like this. It hasn't been that long. So it's like we have to see more than just like a, a couple of weeks here where we could just say we think he's a guy. You know what I'm saying? There's there's a lot of guys like that here right now. It is hard not to watch the way that Kirby's playing and think that it is. he's sort of the, the deep man, like the center fielder of this defense, like going forward, just because of the instincts, because of the ball skills. That and stuff you can play that, different coverages too, right? Yeah. yeah. And that stuff is hard to teach. Like yeah. there's there are guys that come out of the draft that are labeled for their ball skills for a reason. Like that's mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, if you're just a smart enough player, like, you can kind of figure things out and, you know, you see some tendencies by watching film, you can kind of pick up on it that way. But a lot yeah. of that is just natural. And, and that's something Brian Duker talked about today. And that's something that they saw in the draft process with Kirby um, at Illinois. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's interesting because I don't know if Tracy really has the ball. No, I mean, not has, really. So, not like Kirby. Yeah. I mean, how many times has he got his hand on it and dropped, <laughs> and dropped them? Yeah. I mean, they're not even close. So, yeah, no. Yeah. I think that it's probably closer to Tracy will have to work around – 
uh, Joseph. I mean, and he's not, you know, if that continues, if it you continues, know, all the way yeah, through, obviously, like that. And the other thing, too, I would note, when he went out of the game, uh, C.J. Moore played really well. Like, he played, I thought that was going to be a disaster, and it was not. You did, you he, said it. <laughs> he played damn good out there and made some plays, uh, made a couple. It wasn't just once. It was like a, a, he made at a the couple end of the game, really nice plays. He had yeah. that. That pass breakup at the end in the end zone, I think, yeah. or like towards that last drive, like that was really nice to see. And I don't know if anyone really expected that, but no, you know that was no. great, great for him for stepping up to the challenge. Like that yeah, was great, I think great right to there. see. Another guy that I wanted to talk to a little bit here on the defensive side before we go over the other way here, um, Josh Pascal, who continues to get better and better here, and another guy who's only been out there for like three games, whatever it's been. But I think PFF had him with five pressures in this game. He was active again inside and out. Um, I thought he was good against the run. I think what we're seeing from him, and really the bummer here for the Lions, is that you would like <laughs> Levi to be in there too. But what you're seeing here is a guy who is versatile, who can play inside and out, and the quickness I think he's shown, uh, his ability to get off blocks, kind of chase people down, and then just be a guy who's really relentless with the effort. We knew he had that. That's been... Really good. Really, really freaking good. Like, to have another person in there, I think, to just give guys blows and let guys, you know, be relaxed a little bit more, too, is, has been a benefit. But he is he continues to pop off to me uh, every time I watch him. Yeah. I mean, he's playing more snaps than Charles Harris right now. And I'm not sure how much that has to do with injury, injury and maybe yeah, bringing him in, him in slowly. But they're letting him play. And, like, ever since he got activated, he's been out there. And um, I always wondered what he would be long-term if, if it was just a case of, we like his versatility, so we're not going to put a label on him. He can play inside yeah. for us. He can play Might outside for us. He's been playing outside for now. But, uh, you know, that will be interesting when they have all their pieces back. We'll see what, what Levi looks like next yeah. year. God, um, yeah, right. <laughs> well, year. I mean, look. I mean, hey, you got Kaminsky was back in there playing really well again. Yep. Uh, yep. Pascal's playing really well. We know what McNeil can do. Um, Romeo's it, coming back, we think, this year. So, yeah. right. I mean, look, this this train has to keep going at some point, and that's why it's like it is what it is with Levi, and maybe that's what it ends up becoming, but it's the here and now. And, yeah, Pascal is another version of that. I think probably a faster one who can probably play more outside, um, but they both have the same kind of ability to, you know, beat people with quickness and explosion and just be, you know, really strong at the point of attack. He's been really good. He's been able, you know, him lining up on that heavy end sometimes allows Hutchinson to go work against a tackle one-on-one more. It's opened up a lot, I think, for them in a lot of different areas. Uh, that's been a really, really good sign, really encouraging uh, to see across the board. Also, Jerry Jacobs, um, one of the underrated guys on the team. I love Jerry. The best, best quote on the team, talking trash to Aaron Rodgers. And, like, again, this was a really – he played – he got beat once, I guess, on the P.I. And it was – that was a legit yeah. – he was pulling. He but I mean, he played that better, yeah. He made some really good plays with uh, down the sideline. Um, was not beat or fooled at all, and was really good against the run again. And again, it's like this is an NFL corner. I mean, I don't know how much, how many more times we have to see Jerry Jacobs play like this before we're comfortable just saying that's what he is. I think he's a good player, and that was good to see. He looked confident for the first time, really totally confident since the injury. I thought. Yeah, I mean, he's been saying for weeks that he wants more more snaps out there. Like he's yeah. not shy about putting that out there, Absolutely. even if the coaches see it, whatever he doesn't, <laughs> yeah, care. he doesn't care. He wants he wants them to know, like, hey, I'm ready to play. Put me out there. I won't let you down. And 
You know, you see him kind of going to Aaron Rodgers and being like, stop trying me, man. Stop trying me. <laughs> Rodgers keeps trying him. <laughs> At the end, he got the he got the pass interference, but he really bounced back a couple plays later and gets that stop on third right. down, forces them to kick a field goal instead of, you know, if they catch that, I think it was the Sammy Watkins on a, on a slant on the outside. Right. Like, if you catch that, it's a first down. Play. You got first and goal from the four, and you can score a touchdown and, mm-hmm. you know, make it a, a one-point game or whatever there. So I thought that was huge. Um, he had a really good game. Like, there's another play, I think, so right after the Lions pinned them inside the one off the punt. And I've seen Rodgers over the years, like, first play out the gate after being pinned inside the five, try to go yeah. deep. He right does away. that a lot. Yep. And they, I think they tried it. Um, they did. They tried Jerry. I think it was Lazard on the outside. And Jerry played mm-hmm. that really well, step for Perfect. step, stride for stride. Yep. And then the ball's in the air, and he just knocks him out of bounds. Like, don't mm-hmm. even don't even yeah. try me on this side. And yep. I thought that was that – He was comes really over. He's doing, like, the little seatbelt celebration. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I like no fly zone, like strap in, like I love that. Seatbelt. <laughs> you talked to him. Is that game, what that one was? Like, the seatbelt? Because I saw him do that. I was like, yeah. Because that's the one They're I was thinking of too. Because he just played him right into the bench, game. and it was perfect. And it was like, oh yeah. man, that was so good. And then he did the. That's what that. Seat I was like, game. is he seatbelt? Okay, because I was like, is he doing like a stabbing thing? I was like, I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> seatbelt. I like yeah, that. That's pretty good. Seatbelt. That was really good. Yeah, that's what they call it. So, hey man, well whatever, it works. He looks physical out there. He was even helping out in the run game a little bit. I saw mm-hmm. him kind of like shoot the gap there, um, get up, shut a block and make a, a T, TFL there. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that was uh, you're getting all these contributions from guys, and it doesn't always have to be an Aiden Hutchinson. Like obviously, he had the interception that was big, um, but they have guys here that are starting to make an impact, starting to kind of find their rhythm here. And mm-hmm. again, it's been it's one game. Like they're they it came is one game. Thirty two point one points per game allowed. Like you got to see more of it, but. If this continues and it seems like guys are starting to sell into their roles, like I don't know, yeah. maybe, maybe they finish strong. And I think that's you have some momentum going in next year at the very least. That is the goal, anyway. I would assume we'll see about how it goes. We're gonna take a quick break here, though, and come back and talk about the offense, and then maybe do a little uh, Justin Fields Bears talk because I think there's a lot <laughs> a lot to talk about with that one. But we'll be right back quick after this. Okay. All right, everybody, we're back. One of these years to talk about Lions, Packers. We'll talk about the offense, which wasn't as exciting. Uh, but also, you know, like they had to make do, like we talked about at the beginning. <laughs> like there was a lot of new and a lot of different. And some of it I actually thought was okay. Um, they don't have Hawkinson, of course, anymore. He goes on. I think, he, what did he finish with? Nine catches for 70 with the Vikings. Played well, right? Uh, in his debut, and I think that's going to continue. They, they seem like they have a really good plan for him, and I think everybody expected that. But Lions get two touchdown catches from tight ends in this game, <laughs> in this game, which is impressive. Uh, you know, I think you've got three guys who played, um, or three guys who are going to be part of this whole thing, I suppose, going forward. All of them, I thought, showed flashes. Uh, Brock Wright had ups and downs as, as a run blocker. He had a penalty there, but I thought in general was good. Zilstra was good. Mitchell, you got a little bit more out there from him. Solid. And the run blocking in general is what it is with this group. They know what they're doing. This was an interesting day in a way that I think this was a replicable way to win games if the defense can not, you know, fall apart, right? Like, I mean, I, I think that's kind of what I took away from this. Yeah, Campbell kind of not so subtly hinted about, about some things improving with TJ. Well, sure. Gunn and um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of points to some things very clearly, yeah. like run blocking. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think they'll, they'll improve in that area going forward. I mean, that was kind of a weird game. But, uh, I mean, to see the way that they were involved in the passing game, like it, it, not a ton of volume, right? But, like, mm-hmm. the way they use them in the red zone, I thought that was 
a smart thing to do, especially considering maybe the lack of size they had at receiver with just the, all the injuries they have right now with no Chark and Reynolds. Um, but the way that they use them, Zilstra caught the touchdown, was wide open. I thought that was a good play by, play call by um, Ben Johnson to kind of yeah. scheme him open a little bit. Uh, you see Mitchell catch the, the one later in the game. He was kind of relieved to get that one out the way. It was kind of validation for him in a way. Like, yeah, that was He cool. knows that they drafted him to kind of Absolutely. maybe have a shot at being the replacement here, and I think that that was a good first step for him. And, um, yeah, I think in the, in the in the run game you'd like to see a little, little bit more, but, again, first game they're still kind of – some guys are getting used to their new roles, uh, but the, the fact that they got these guys involved in the, in the red zone and in the, in the end zone a couple times, I thought that was good to see you too. I really liked how they called the game, and I, I don't want to like sound make this sound like TJ is demanding touches or anything like that, because I don't think he ever was. I don't think he was ever a problem here. I don't think he ever complained. I don't think he ever did anything quite like that. No. Right? Like, that wasn't really a thing. But when you're a play caller and you're running offense like that and you got a guy like that... Um, it's going to impact. It's natural to want him involved. Right. It's going to impact your game plan. It's going to impact not only how you call plays series to series, but it's going to impact what you do in the week. It's going to impact what you want to get in and all this. And when you go back and you watch, and the Lions have had games like this before where they've called it like this, but this was truly one where it was just like nothing else other than moving the ball entered Ben Johnson's brain here. Like, and I, you know what I mean? It was, there was no attempt to get something going with something here or try to do that. You know what I mean? Like we not that they do this a lot, but this it was wasn't tr- forced. Nothing was forced. This was truly a game where even when Green Bay came back and scored on them and you were like, Oh God, here we go. You know, what's going to happen here. They came back, they settled down, they went to the run game and they, I mean, methodically went down the field in an impressive ass drive and scored like that was, and they did not panic. They didn't try to do anything different. They just went right to what they do best and right. What was working best in that game you know, the specific stuff that they had planned for it. And, I, you know, I think that in some ways, in weird ways, not on purpose, but uh, Hawkinson not being there maybe takes a little bit of pressure off that, like you're saying, like you're not thinking about, not that Goff's out there thinking about, I got to get the ball to TJ, but like Ben Johnson sometimes even, you're, you're running certain things because you want, I want to get TJ open here and get him moving. Well, if we're not worrying about that sort of thing and just worrying about running offense, now we got a different conversation. I thought that was more what we saw out there the other day. Yeah, I mean, I'm, like Ben Johnson was his former position coach, so I mean, he knows how good Hawkinson of is. Of course, and yeah. It's natural to kind of want to say like, I had this this weapon. We drafted Mayth overall. Like, we might as well, you know, try to give him the ball because we know what he can do. But you know, sometimes that always, doesn't always work, and it kind of limits you. And maybe if you're, you know, looking through this lens of I got to get the the ball to our tight end. You know, it kind of limits you elsewhere. But the fact that that was gone, they could only worry about like, hey, now's a good time to get it to Zilstra. Hey, let's use Mitchell here instead of like, well, Hawks open. We got to throw it to, you know, all that stuff. We're, you don't have to worry about that mu- that as much. And so I thought the game plan was really just we'll take what they give us. Um, they're running the ball. There was, I think, 30 plus rush attempts. Um, part of that, I think, was maybe to keep Rodgers off the field. But um, part of it, I just thought was, you know, not having some of your top weapons at receiver and just kind of try to limit the mistakes. Um, so I thought it was a really well-called game. I know it was only 15 points, but they maximized their opportunities. I thought getting the, the two-point conversion there off the, the – was it there's a penalty on the extra point or whatever. Yeah, the extra point, yeah. Instead. Right. Yeah, like, Green Bay I mean, helped. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. But, but that happens. That's a smart call to, to Absolutely, get it to just go get it, yeah. Yeah, if it's a, a yard in, you should go for it every time. In my opinion, uh, I just, I yeah, and I think that they're just like what some of the stuff that Camel talks about. It's not just the run blocking. It's not just like hey, we're going to be a better run blocking team because like TJ's not a bad run blocker. 
But it's it's the ability to be like if you look at the reps, um, like Mitchell, Zilstra, and Brock Wright. None of them, uh, like I think Brock Wright might have been like 50-50 run pass, and it's the same for all of them. They're all pretty much 50-50 run pass. Not that Hawkinson's not, but like there's no tips, tells. There's no like, oh, so-and-so's in the game, so they're passing, or so-and-so's in the game, so they're running. You have three guys now where they're going to roll over and all play who they trust to block. They're all willing and like they like to block. And I think that that's a different thing. And you saw how they rolled... uh, Skipper in there as the extra tackle tight end, moving him in the Trent Williams motion and all that stuff. Like, they're going to lean into this run stuff. And I think that, like, that's where this is going. Like, that's my biggest takeaway from, as we've gotten further from the TJ trade, you know, and we saw how that game played out and we see how everything goes going forward. Like, my still takeaway is, like, they are leaning all the way into, like, we're going to hammer people on the ground and it's going to be not one way every single week. It's going to be like, I think they want to be like Kyle Shanahan-ish, right? Like not to get like crazy on people, but I think that if Dan Campbell had his druthers, he and Ben Johnson would run an offense like that. I think that's what they're working toward. Like I see things like that in this offense, right? Like you see St. Brown coming across on motion and blocking sometimes and being okay with it. But you have to have everybody out there that's okay with that. And I think that when he says, certain things will be better at, I think that's what he means, right? Like you're not, it's not a dig at TJ's any one thing in particular, but it also kind of is because like TJ cares a lot about his catches. <laughs> like We all know that. Like, so these guys don't at all. They're just happy to be there, right? Like, so I think that that has to be part of it. It has to be. I don't think that we're overreacting on that. And I think that that's, takes a little bit of pressure off maybe in some areas. Yeah. I think a good tight end is kind of like a, a good receiving threat at tight end is kind of a luxury. Like you don't need that. Like it's always nice if you have one. But how many of those guys are actually in yeah, the like game? dynamic ones, right? Like that Kelsey, dynamic. yeah, right. Kelsey, not many. Mark Andrews, uh, Waller. Yeah, there's only yeah, not not many. Wall- yeah. So if you don't have that, and they just traded one that was kind of in that in yeah. the range, not he quite in the upper echelon, yeah. but right. You know when when you don't have that next one, best you thing. Have to, yeah, I mean, but they're using these tight ends by committee, and I think that's. Sustainable exactly. if they want I to go too. that route. Um, Makes you more dynamic. Bring some, yeah. 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 If all these guys bring something to the table and you can kind of get different spots, you don't have the all around tight end, but you can do, hey, Brock Wright's a better blocker, or hey, we like James Mitchell's ability to get open here. You know, if you can kind of, you know, again, like you said, like it's not just a tell, like TJ's in the game, he's going to yeah, try to right. get the ball. Right. Now you have three different tight ends that can do a little bit of everything, and now the defense has to account for different options. So, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's not worry about true. let's not worry about match like cuz if you like exactly, when you have a guy like Kelsey, okay, cool. Like let's let's stop everything and just run the offense to whatever matchup is best for him. I get that. Like let's do that. I'm all on board for that if you have Kelsey. If you don't and they didn't, like no. Like I'm, I now and again, work on a matchup for TJ would have been fine, but yeah, there would be stretches of games where it would feel like they would like something or he or they would together feel like they maybe would like, and they would try to force it. And it's like, stop it. Like, this isn't, you're not Travis, you're not Travis Kelsey. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> you're a good player. Just go be a good player. Okay. Well, yeah. he's off to Minnesota to do something else. Now you've got guys, I think who it's like, now we'll just see what happens. I really liked James Mitchell's college tape. I am not alone. There's a lot of people who really like James Mitchell's college tape, not just because of all the athletic stuff he did in space as a pass catcher, but he has a really good future as a blocker. And I think that he's a smart guy who understands that. 
And I think he gets, not that TJ wasn't, but again, like, you know what I'm saying? He's a, di- he, he just has a different mindset, it feels like. We haven't known him long, but I don't, I, I like him a lot. I do like he's James Winslow's potential a lot. Uh, and it's early, and I don't want to get, like, over carried away. And he's only had, like, 20 snaps out here that matter. But, like, I think he could be really good before it's all said and done. I think he'd be a really cerebral player. Like, yeah. when you talk to him, he's very mature. He's very, like, methodical. Like, all of the, all of our conversations with him have been, you know, you could tell that he's, like, further along than most rookies would be. About the offense in like general. Understanding yeah. of, of right. the game and things like that. And yeah. he knows he's a rookie. He has to kind of work his way in. But... I mean, I think he's got maybe future cap- captain potential if his game matches. Like just sure. the way he carries himself, I think that stuff is important. And obviously, you want to get him more reps so he gets comfortable. But get him and then get him more re- removed from the injury. Mm-hmm. I think he's still getting his his feet under him a little bit. But um, I mean, yeah, wouldn't he, they got him in the fifth round? If he were healthy, do you think he would have been? Uh, yeah, maybe higher. fourth round or a little yeah, bit he would have. He might have been a day a day two guy. I mean, like he was. Before that injury, and of course, that's what, you know, people were so interested in him because of the athleticism and, like, the ability to wiggle. And it's like, Goff said it after the game, he's not the fastest, he does not run, like, like TJ wasn't either, the 4-7, four, four, whatever it is. But he knows how to get open, and it's like St. Brown, he's not running a four two forty, but, like, in a, in a box, man, oh yeah, he can get open, and he's got wiggle, and he can get underneath people. He's just a really good athlete, like, he's a flexible, bendable I you know TJ my biggest complaint with him a lot of times is like I just felt like he was stiff you know like when he could when he gets under somebody Mitchell no man like he could squat under somebody I feel like and it, just a lot of potential there but it was the knee injury I think is when you have a guy like that a knee is a big deal so yes we'll see how it all holds up for him but it was a it's been a good start it's been an encouraging start um, overall funny thing is I tweeted out uh, his first career catch against mm-hmm. Miami. And some people were like, oh, he looks slow. And we yeah. talked to him later in, in the week. And he was like, honestly, like I caught the ball. I didn't think I was going to be that open. So I was expecting to take a hit. <laughs> but there was no one there. So he kept He's running. He's not that fast. Was- but yeah, I mean, whatever. Like, it's all about how you get open. I, like, I mean, that's all it is. I, I Can you get open or better, not? Better yeah, yeah, I do too. I think, I think I he's a nice player. It'll, it'll come in time. I think he was more athletic than maybe he showed on that play. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, just getting him more involved, getting more touches like that's you know, it's another good step for his development. A general good day from the offensive line. I thought that this this finally looked closer to, I don't know if Frank's all the way healthy, but it looks like he's getting back more close to what we are used to seeing from him. Uh, Papa Sewell uh, was out there throwing, body, <laughs> throwing bodies yeah. around. I know he's... Uh, is, it a boy or, is it a boy or a girl? Uh, did, did we a figure boy. this out? A boy? Future future uh, all-pro left tackle. Yeah, future all-pro something. I, I think we can guarantee that. What are the yeah. other with the Sewells? What are the other? Yeah. So congrats to Panay, of course. That was, um, But again, I think, like we said, like that was the blueprint in some ways. Like you'd, like you'd like to not have an interception. And I think Goff, that was one where a guy in all-pro makes a really good play and kind of baited him on it. Um and obviously, you like to be a little more efficient there. But as you go forward and you squint and you say, okay, well, let's say they get a better answer at quarterback someday and a guy that can move a little bit. Okay, well, you get the offensive line the way it is. You get the tight ends out there blocking. The receivers are involved the way they are. Now you can see what this offense is supposed to be. And it's one that I feel like they think can be one that if the defense is just sort of making just enough to get off the field and keep you in the game – I'm reminded of how Sean Payton called games when they were with the Saints and, and how par- it's it's just, let's just move the ball. Whatever this is, if it's bad weather, we can win in bad weather. If it's inside, we'll win inside. 
We can be different, we can change and morph, but we have this run game that we can lean on that can be dynamic and different that you're not going to be able to do anything with. And how many games this season can we say the opposition has taken the Lions run game and just stopped it? How many times has that happened this year? I mean, you know, it's like maybe once or twice. Yeah, New England, I think, did a really good job, and that was Belichick being Belichick. And other than that, they have run the ball on everybody they've wanted to run the ball on. And that has really kind of been true almost every day since Campbell's been here. And so that's what I look at a lot. And when I get people in my life that are like, you, you're so, why are you so positive on these guys sometimes? And it's sometimes it's like, well, I don't have enough time left in my life to be as, I've spent enough time with my negativity over the years. But I do see, it's not hard for me to see where they, I think they want to go with the offense. And Look, there, there's a long way to go and a lot of things that need to be answered, receivers and quarterback and everything else. But that core there, that's how they won the game. They just went out and beat Green Bay. How many? They had eight first-round draft picks on that defense, and they ran the ball down their throat and said, get off the field. Like, that is impressive. And that's how they – you would have liked to finish it, right? They didn't finish the way they wanted to with the ball on the field. But, like, I like this offensive line. I like the ownership they're taking, all this. It's good stuff, man. Like, I think that – that's the stuff that you should be excited about if you're still trying to buy into all this. Like, I think that it's not that far away. It's not that far away. I don't think it is. No, I mean, we've talked about the pieces that they have on offense and yep. the guys that will be around in the future. And they've got a solid stable of dudes that yep. will be around for hopefully winning years in the future. Yes, for them. I agree. Um, with maybe, uh, obviously, uh, Frank Ragnow, Jonah Jackson, Sewell. I think those guys, those three yep. guys for sure. We'll be around. Yes. We'll see what happens with Decker. That's such a good group. Maybe like, Vitae. But even yeah. regardless of what happens with those two, like that's a solid statement oh. of offensive linemen right there. It's I as mean, good as it gets. Yeah, that's just, you yeah. cannot ask for a better like core trio of your most most important position. I mean, like Sewell, Jonah, and Frank are all like 26 and under. And they're all like – and Frank, is, Frank and Panay are like at the top of their respective positions. And Jonah is probably the most underrated at his – Right, so I mean, he's a, he's in a Pro Bowl conversation too. I that's three Pro Bowl level players, and we haven't even talked about Decker, who I think flirts with it sometimes. Is a good player. It's a really good situation to have, and I think it's envy. It's one that a lot of teams would probably admit to that they're envious of, but it's like there's so many other things around it right now that are still so, so thin that it's hard to see. But you know, that's when I see things like that and see how they're able to close a game like that. That's what gets me excited because I think. You can see it. It's like they didn't need Swift to be at his best. They didn't. Like, they still ran the ball. And, you know, Jamal was out there doing his thing. You just need guys who are smart with the football like that. And and that's a really good trio to build on. I really like where they're at with that. Then even at, at receiver, like, I think the two long-term mm-hmm. pieces that you can probably count on are, are St. Brown and Jameson. Like, yeah, you got to see Jameson on the field. Yeah. But they drafted him for a reason to exactly. be a dynamic yeah. player. Right. Um. When they do get him out there, which it sounds like it's still going to be sometime in December, they're not really writing him off yet, yeah. uh, which is good. Like that's going to be fun to watch, and oh all yeah, of a sudden you can start looking around. You see these pieces, you see the weapons at receiver. What you know, Chark's free agent; he's probably not coming back. Like Reynolds, mm-hmm. I think maybe has another year on his deal. I think he does. Um, yes, yeah. So you bring him back in the mix next year. Um, the run game, at least we think Swift and Jamal will probably be back. Mm-hmm. So like that's again, like, that's I like a, it. I like a solid it. Solid foundation, man. Yeah. And, <laughs> I don't hate it. Speaking of solid foundations, as we're going to talk about Lions-Bears coming up here, 
Justin Fields sets an NFL record last week. Was that the final verdict on it? What was the final number here? <laughs> yeah. 170... One, 178, seven? I think. 178 rushing yards, which was like a day in the park for him at Ohio State, uh, <laughs> which is uh, an NFL record, of course, for a quarterback. Did he have five touchdowns, four touchdowns? Uh, in any in any event, uh, they lost to the Dolphins, who I think we both agree are a good team, um, or at least an exciting and fun team. But the real point here is Lions-Bears coming up. The Bears are not a good football team, but Justin Fields is starting to figure this out. And I think we all saw the first couple weeks and said, not there. Next couple weeks, okay, maybe. And the last couple have been like, yeah, now we're now we're talking. And he is starting to cook. And this is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be a test. Um a big one. Because like he this is a now this is a scrambling situation that is on par with the Campbell said today, the combination of uh Texans, Watson Lamar and Hertz, and I don't not sure that he's wrong. I'm not sure how wrong that is because like when the Fields player of all time. When Fields is on the money, and this is the, the you had to get him to this point, right? He had and he still has to prove the consistency, but when he's on the money and you're calling six to seven design runs a game and he's feeling it, good luck. Like he's got all the all the stuff and this is this this is a, a huge test, I think, for the Lions defense to see where they're at with their discipline and everything else, because this is a winnable game, but like if you are sloppy, he will embarrass you the way he's playing right now, and it'll be really bad. Yeah. Fields is a fascinating player because he, yeah. he was, <laughs> he was not playing he was not playing good football at the beginning of the year. And not at all people that are like, Do the Bears need to draft a quarterback already? Like what's <laughs> what's what's the long term future here for him? And you know, part of me was like Guys, like, look Calm at down. the talent around yeah, him. He's right. got no <laughs> offensive line. He's got no receivers. They drafted, like, a 25-year-old receiver in the fourth round. Right, it's yeah. like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> give him some pieces. Like, give him some time. It's the second year he just escaped Matt Nagy. Like, right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and now, you know, I was wondering what they were doing with him early. It was kind of just like they weren't really tailoring mm-hmm. the offense to him. And now it seems like they're doing that more with some more design runs. Yeah. He's getting more comfortable. Maybe he's uh, getting out of the pocket a little earlier instead of just sitting there and trying to make something happen or whatever. So, you know, I, I think he's in a good groove right now. Obviously, anytime you rush for 178 yards, like, you know, you have a pretty dynamic player yeah. in your hands. But that's going to be tough for this defense because we've said it going back to the preseason game. I remember they were playing the Falcons and Mariota's running on them. Desmond Ritter's running on them. They have no answer. And we're just like, this might be a problem here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not just like, about. It's going to be how, how the coverage is. I mean, you're not going to – you can't give him – because when he's confident, like the best part about his game, I feel like, is his confidence. Is like when he gets out into this into space and, and it's like he's got that Rodgers – we talked about that when we are watching Sunday where he's in the pocket and he's – how the hell is he getting out of here? Only yeah. Fields is on supercharge because he's 6'3", 220, and he runs whatever he runs. And it's like it's he has – yeah. yeah, he has that mental feel about – when he gets and he's confident and he gets out into space, he can stay loaded and he can kind of play defenders. And it, now it becomes something that we're not even, what the hell are we doing here? Now we're playing the game completely on his terms. And that's the kind of player we're talking about here. And it's like when he's in this groove, the other part of yeah. this though is you can still get him to go the other way. And I, I think that this is something that he's going to have to fight with his whole career in that, what makes him so good that if you if you take away the outlets and tr- and play really sound disciplined football and the situation they have right now where they don't have a lot of help for him, 
you can force him into some mistakes, but you're going to have to take advantage of him, and you cannot like be sloppy or lazy on the angles or, you know, we want to blitz him here on third and 17. No, like, play coverage, respect what he can do, and get the hell out of the way and try to get off the field because he can ruin the game. Like, that's his whole his whole thing. And I think that people are finally starting to see what we all kind of thought probably was going to happen here at some point. I do think this is a good good game for, for Aaron Glenn because he's a guy that can confuse some dudes. Like, just yeah. know, shows shows a guy a look they, at the line, then drops him back yep. in coverage and bails. Mm-hmm. And I think Fields is susceptible to some of that stuff. And we'll see what happens. I think Campbell talked about – someone asked him about, um, you know, Kelvin Shepard's comments about <laughs> – Spies don't work in the NFL, and you know I think a lot of a lot of Lions fans are like that's bullshit. Like it absolutely can work, and uh, not let, not on that, not on Justin Fields. It doesn't. I don't know what spy you're talking. I mean, if you're leaving yeah. LeBron James, Fields, be a spy. good luck. Right. Yeah, I mean, like I think part of it is they don't have. I agree with Shepard. That, that's one where maybe <laughs> that's one where maybe if Barnes continues to play the way he's yes, he's you your best bet. More athletic yep. dude. Yep. Like this might be a good test for him if they can get would him be, out yeah. there and get him get him right in in a game like this. But you know, Campbell said we'll have to do a little bit of everything. Maybe some spies here. Maybe just coverage and kind of confuse him. Or mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll they'll kind of lean on some things. He didn't want to give away the game plan, obviously. But um, I expect they'll come up with something decent for him. And it's just I think a lot of it will just come down to execution and just, absolutely yeah. Like, a lot of it'll come yeah. down to fitting the run and just making sure you're you're not giving them because you know. Confidence with him builds from the run game. Like when they're running the ball, you know, uh, he's got the cushion to take chances and to kind of be more freelance. And if you take that away and you put him into situations where it's like, okay, it's third and eight. Now we're in a different, you know, scenario. Now the play call has got to be different and everything else. So like that early down, it's the same thing with Hertz, you know, and that's why they could not get off the field in that game where it's like you and Gino to a degree where it's like if you're getting killed on first down and it's second and six every time, and now we're talking about third and two or third and three, if it's third and three against Justin Fields, you might as well just say, let's just Good go luck. to the next, let's just go to the next series or whatever. Like <laughs> first down, we'll call it a first down and we'll try to, you know what I mean? Like, let's go to the next set because good luck. You're not stopping him. So, yes, fascinating game for Aaron Glenn. Fascinating game for Justin Fields, um, as as well as he's playing right now, because like I think you got to look, if he's looking at this, you saying, like, this is a defense that I should, you know, the way I'm playing, I'm confident I should be able to come out here and make plays. I should be able to come out. Yeah. They just got me a receiver, right? Playing at home on the crap grass and Soldier Field, right? <laughs> I imagine the yeah. turf would be terrible. <laughs> but in any Awful, event, yeah. yeah, this is an interesting well, game because it, it's two teams that are low on talent, are going to have high draft picks, but, like, I don't know, man. There's They both have guys that I like that play hard and scrap and, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, this will be an interesting game. And that's one of them where Campbell said, after I think it was after the Eagles game, like you you, you can't really count for mobile quarterbacks until you get out there and you, play, yeah. and you play them. For some of these rookies like Aiden and Malcolm, I think that's what he said after the Eagles game. So he's like, we'll be much better prepared the next time we face a mobile quarterback like that. Mm-hmm. And Fields is the closest thing to that that they, they're going to see here. Yeah, he's probably um, the best, actually. Yeah, he might, I think he's probably yeah. more mobile than, than Jalen. Um, mm-hmm. But just the fact that, their defensive ends, a lot of it, even in week one, they were kind of like over pursuing and like yeah. crashing down on the end. And like Hertz just stepped up and ran, and ran it. Yeah, you know, he just take off. took what was yep. there. And like, I think that's going to need to be corrected. And maybe some of that was, you know, Aiden's first game. And you, right. know, you hope that he's learned from that. And maybe they go back and watch some of that film to try to, you know, right. take away some of those bad habits. But I mean, yeah, yeah because there's when be some moments of <laughs> when those Fields gets north- be there for Fields probably. 
when he gets north and south into your second or third level, it's over. Like if yep. that's what you know, it's the same as it is in the Big Ten. <laughs> when he gets into the secondary and can split you up and you don't know what to do, like he is one of the best open field runners in football, as we saw last week. So fascinating yep. game upcoming. Colton will be going back to the Chicago land area. Um you gonna yep. be uh, seeing some people here this weekend? Yeah, I'll see my my family for sure. They're got out a lot there going on. Got some friends out there, so yep. yeah, that'll be a fun one. Big weekend here. The Bears game in the press box. And it'll be an interesting game for two NFC North. uh, I guess they'll be last place. These teams aren't winning anything this year. (laughs) But in any event, two teams that are weirdly riding high right now, or higher than they've been, I should say, as I got to think the Bears are feeling okay about themselves, better than they've been. Lions certainly are as well. So an interesting game ahead. Colton will be there to break it all down. Uh, And then we'll, of course, be back next week to talk about it. And that'll wrap it up for this week. For Colton, I'm Nick. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later.